0: Back to the 7 Dev podcast. My name is Christian Freeman and I'm your host. And this is episode two hacking the full stack dev career roadmap, focusing on the junior backend part of that roadmap. So, in episode one, I introduced this idea, which is that in the next couple episodes, I will be going through the sort of traditional full stack dev roadmap and talking about the things that you need to know, as well as covering things that I don't think are as important as people think, or maybe things that I think are. ...are undervalued that you should invest more time in. This podcast in general is a look at hacking the software development world. So whether that's your career, your productivity, whatever it may be, it's all about finding the best ways, optimizing all of those things, saving you time, saving you money, saving you energy, all of those kinds of things. And to start with this podcast, we're going through, like I said, the full stack career roadmap and trying to optimize it as best we can. So in the first episode, we covered the junior front end world. If you are interested in that, make sure to go check that out. But you're also welcome to jump around, skip around, make sure that you actually find this stuff useful and interesting, and that you, of course, find what I have to say interesting and useful. And if you don't, no hard feelings. But let's jump into the junior backend stuff and figure out what we need to know. So getting started as a junior backend developer, learning the things that you need to know in order to be confident and competent in the back-end developer world as a junior developer is much harder than front-end development. Ultimately, I think it is more rewarding, but it is pretty hard. And the reason for that is that backend is not as immediately rewarding as frontend is. In the front end world, you get an HTML page, you start filling it out, you start styling it with CSS. Every time you refresh that page, you're gonna see something different. And that is pretty rewarding. If you're getting into programming for the first time, that loop of seeing something on the page as soon as you change it is actually really exciting and rewarding. Back end development is not like that. It's a lot more complicated. It takes more time to even get to the point of that sort of reward, like that dopamine hit of saying, oh, like this is working. The thing I made actually is functioning the way that I want it to. It's just not as straightforward. Now, I do think that there have been a number of tools and changes in the backend world that we'll talk about here that make that more appealing and, and more immediately rewarding. But there is no doubt that even for the most like confident and patient person learning backend development, it's just not going to be as immediately rewarding is front end development. So with that in mind, how do we do something that is productive and learn the things that we need to know, I'm going to make a number of personal based on experience and suggestion and things like that of the things that I think are worth learning, you may find that depending on the role that you're looking to apply for things like that, that this information is not useful to you. But the fact is, there are like a million languages and frameworks to choose from in the back end world. And ultimately, you do just have to pick one and start to get familiar with it because you'll find that information that you learn during that process is going to help you unlock whatever else you may learn. People will tell you they're all drastically different, the different languages and, and frameworks and stuff. And to some extent, there are differences, but it's what we call, I think this is a term I've heard before, it's this narcissism of minor differences or something along those lines. Whereas a lot of these things are pretty similar and there are differences, but the big sort of meaty parts of learning them, learning what to do as a back-end developer, it's really not that different between all these different languages and tools. So when you learn one, you're easily going to get skills that transfer over to all of these other discipline, framework, tool, whatever you want to call it. So in 2023, I'm recording this in September of 2023, I am going to posit that probably the best thing for you to learn as a back-end developer, as a junior uh, developer, is JavaScript. Now, that's going to be controversial to some people. There are certainly language diehards who will tell you other things, You should learn Python, you should learn Ruby, you should learn Go or Rust or any of these other languages. And I'm sure if you listen to this in one or two years, there'll probably be something new that people will tell you should learn. I'm going to argue that as the sort of best bang for your buck in terms of learning a backend language, JavaScript is going to get you much farther as a first thing to learn than any of those other languages and any other frameworks. And I'll explain the sort of value of those other things at the end of this episode for now we're going to focus on JavaScript. There are a couple of reasons why I say this. So the most immediately obvious one is that if you are working on becoming a full stack developer and you are beginning your work as a front end developer, you are already learning JavaScript. Now the JavaScript you write in the back end is going to look different. It's going to be more complex. It's going to make use of a lot of packages and libraries and things like that. But it is ultimately going to be the same language. And I think that is a huge advantage to picking up JavaScript on the back end. You already have invested time in understanding how to do basic variables and conditionals and just what we call control flow, which is like how to structure an application or a piece of code at the highest level. And when you've done all of that in JavaScript already for the front end, even if it's super simple JavaScript, that is definitely worthwhile. It's it's again, we get back to that concept of hacking productivity and stuff like that. That is a big way to do that. You already know this language and you're applying it in a new context. That's going to do you a lot of favors. So as I'm recording this, definitely the most valuable thing to learn in the back-end JavaScript world is Node. So Node is a runtime for JavaScript that can run on a server, and it allows you to build back-end applications with JavaScript. There are some newer things like Bun, which I just recently recorded a video on. It just came out, version 1.0, that allow you to basically port over your Node code and run it inside of Bun. It's a different uh, runtime written in a different language but it is significantly faster. But the actual JavaScript that you're writing between those two is not going to change. So that may be something you want to learn in the future, but basically think of it as Node-based JavaScript. That's what you're going to be writing. Now, in terms of things you actually need to know, this is where we get into stuff that's pretty uh, complex. It's just like you pull up a weed out of your yard and there's a whole ecosystem attached to it where you say, okay, I'm going to learn back in JavaScript. What does that really mean? It means that you have to learn how to install Node, which is a runtime that is pretty famous difficult to install on anything basically besides Linux or Mac. So I'm going to get into this in another episode outside of this career roadmap, which is like, how do I like manage my developer environment? This is a, a big question. But what you need to know is how to install Node. And that itself is its own topic. You should probably check out what we call Node version managers, which allow you to install multiple versions of Node. And it actually just makes it easier to manage your Node installation overall. And then you want to begin understanding how to use NPM, which is the node package manager. Those are both prerequisites basically for anyone to work with backend JavaScript code. And the reason that you're going to do this is that you're going to learn how to install other people's JavaScript code, things that we call packages or libraries, and use them to build your own project. So the main tool that people use for this right now, as I'm recording, still, even though it's pretty old at this point, but it's it works really well, is a tool called Express. So EXPRESS. If If you're going to pick a uh, tool to learn in the back-end JavaScript world, you're going to build an Express application. And this is going to be a back-end application that someone can connect to. You are now in the business of building servers or building a application server, which is pretty cool. And maybe go brag to your friends about that. Yeah, I built an application server with Express and Node. You are like in the, I don't know, 1% of people in the world who know how to do that, even though we all use them all day, every day, which is pretty sweet if you think about it. So Express teaches you how to build application servers. But in order to build something that is interesting or worth talking about in an interview or whatever, you're going to want to build what's called an API. That's an application programming interface. And I want you to think of it like this. When you go on Instagram or Twitter, probably between those two, everyone has used one of the two of those. But let's just say Facebook and we'll complete the trifecta. You have probably used one of those three, if not all of them. Anytime that you go to the website or the application, you need to get data. So that data is from other users. It's your information. How many people do you follow? What are those people posted? What is their current status? All that sort of stuff. That all comes via an API. So your front end, whether that's an application on your phone or a website, makes a request to a backend via the API. So the backend server exposes a number of URLs, which with the right authentication, and I I know this is probably scary (laughs) to hear all of this information, but you'll learn it over time. You are able to retrieve data using that application programming interface, which the front end uses to show that information. So there's a lot to get into there. I think that the best way to think about backend development as a junior developer is you are probably going to make a series of projects that you understand a very small portion of. Now, that's a scary prospect because you probably immediately think, what happens if I'm in an interview and they ask me about it? I don't know. I'm going to posit something that I think is maybe a hot take, which is that it doesn't actually matter that much. I think as a junior developer in a company with expectations that are correctly set, and this is also something I'll cover in its own episode, you are not expected to know how every little piece of this application works. You should probably begin to understand how HTTP works, like how do I make a request? How do I get a response back? But I don't think you need to be an expert on that. That's the kind of thing that you should, in a good organization or team, be taught as a junior developer or be given the space to continue to learn. What you do need to do however is in back in JavaScript development as a junior developer at this stage in your career roadmap, you need to be able to put together a project and show the basics of say setting up an express route. I make a request to the slash hello route that you've set up in your application and I get some text back that says hey or even better if you can give it a name and it says hey name and it like returns that back to the user. Being able to start to figure those things out is super valuable. And if you want extra credit, you can start to look at databases or things like that. So things like Firebase or Supabase or any of those kinds of tools and actually make something that has data stored somewhere else that you can update. We'll get to that in another episode as well when we talk about portfolio projects. But when it comes to backend JavaScript stuff, you really want to just get in in the sort of mode of being able to set up a server using something like Node and Express and, and show some information back. Now I mentioned at the beginning of this idea of other languages. Now, I think this is an interesting opportunity for people to show in a resume or like in an interview or something, this idea that you are putting in the work. Me, for instance, my whole actually introduction to this stuff was through Ruby, not through JavaScript, but through a language called Ruby and a framework called Ruby on Rails. That was back in 2010, 2011. Now, Ruby and Ruby on Rails are not as popular as they used to be. They've fallen out of favor. I still love them and I use them a lot, but they're not certainly not as popular as JavaScript or anything like that. And if you want to show that you are interested in checking out new things, new frameworks, new tools, expanding your abilities and sort of comfortability in this whole ecosystem of full stack development, I do think that picking up Python and Django, which is a a framework inside of the Python world, Ruby and Ruby on Rails, PHP and Laravel or Go and Rust, like any of these sorts of tools and languages can be a good way to make yourself stand out in terms of things things that you are willing to try and showing that you're willing to put an effort to learn more things. But in terms of bang for your buck, I don't think that they're what you should put all of your chips in. Use a poker metaphor. I don't think you should go all in on any of those. And the reason for that is that it's just it's a lot more setup cost for you versus when you already know JavaScript from the front end, you have a built in advantage there. Now, the flip side of that is that most people are probably trying to do the exact same thing. They're trying to learn JavaScript and back end development because of that same advantage, right? it's not like a unique idea that I have there. I think most people understand that is inherently easier. So you have to evaluate that trade off for yourself, you may find that you go all in on JavaScript. And then three months down the line, you're still interviewing and things aren't going well, maybe you do want to try and explore those things a little bit. But I think that still at this point 2023, the best choice is to go pretty heavily into JavaScript, and then maybe diversify with another language as you want to learn more and, and, and expand your horizons there. Thanks for listening. I hope you found this uh, episode interesting. In the next episode, we'll continue to go through this idea of the junior section of the programming career roadmap, particularly focused on full stack development. If you found this useful, let us know. I, you can comment on the podcast episode. You can leave us a review or, or uh, talk to me on social media at seven. That's the number seven dot dev seven D O T D E V on Instagram, threads, YouTube, TikTok, about it, like all the places, basically. My name is Christian. I'm your host for this podcast. And thanks so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode.